Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. Quick side note, if you like the channel, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We love listening to all the notes that we get. Or I guess that's reading? I don't know. I'm getting all my senses screwed up. Anyways, if you want more, be sure to head over to the website gatesinteriordesign.com. Doing a little bit of an experiment here. Um, I have all my doors and windows open in the office today. I've got wind chimes banging outside with wind blowing and cars passing by. So this should be fun, but it's really nice outside. It's 81 degrees today. So I want to have everything open because I love nature. Um, so with that, I want to wish all of you a happy spring. I love spring. It's my favorite time of year. The flowers are finally starting to pop out and my rose bushes, oh my God, they are just absolutely beautiful right now. I just can't get over it. They are so pretty and I fertilized them a couple of weeks ago and so all of them have like, this is an exaggeration, but it's like they have 500 blooms on them and they're just so freaking pretty. I can't get over how beautiful it all is. I love nature. And my trees, Edgar and Arthur, are finally starting to bloom. I was getting worried because it's been cold for most of what normally would be warm. We're just now starting to get warm outside. And so typically the trees start to bloom probably early April. And they are just now starting to peak out. But my newest family members, Gladys and Astrid, are both pretty filled out now with leaves. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And I just, I love nature. It's so incredible. And the cool thing is, is that nature is such an incredible tool to adjust your feng shui. And if you'd like to learn more about that, you can refer back to the bonus audio I did with Beth O'Leary on how to feng shui your garden. It was a bonus audio that I did. I think it was back in March. Um, I think it was after podcast 25. Let me take a look. Yes, it was after Rachel Cannon. So uh, the bonus audios don't typically have numbers on them. So have fun going back and finding that. But um, you know, if you haven't listened to that, please go back, listen to that now. Nature is so awesome. And that's why I'm such a huge advocate for saving our planet and just really admiring the beauty that surrounds us all because nature is beautiful and amazing and it does great things for our feng shui it can adjust just about anything okay you get me talking about nature and I go off on a rant <laughs> today we are talking about the outdoors of the patio I wanted to offer up what I'm calling a mini sode um, this is also a bonus audio just a quick little mini sode uh, as we head into summer, many of us have travel and travel itineraries coming up, myself included, and it's always nice to get the energy right to ensure a kick-ass trip. 
So did you know that you could feng shui your travel? No way! Yep. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. This was actually inspired by Deborah, who um, many of you who listen to the show who have worked with me, you know Deborah, you've worked with Deborah often, and she and I have known each other for many years, and she didn't know that this was something that we could do. Uh, I'll never forget it. About a year ago, Brittany, my marketing manager at the time, was headed out on a trip and asked if there was anything that she could do to wrap up her trip in like, you know, totally good juju. And when I said, yeah, there's totally lots of things that you could do, Deborah was like, uh, wait, what? I've known you for over 10 years. How did I not know this? So as she claimed, she's like, I would have totally had my husband stuff oranges in his suitcase last week. (laughs) So at the time, her husband was traveling. Anyways, so even though she's around an advanced feng shui practitioner, me, all the time, that doesn't mean that you're still not learning every day. Case in point, Deborah. So Deborah and I have known each other for a really long time, and she actually just headed out to California this week for over 10 days. And she is all set with her feng shui tools to get the energy right, including her temporary home for the week while she's there. She's going to be in California. And so she was the inspiration behind this podcast. She said, oh my God, Amanda, you need to get on there right now and let everybody know what they can do while they're traveling because everybody needs to know this. So you have her to thank for this show, for this mini-sode. So whether you're traveling to a hotel, an Airbnb, or a rental, or even if you're gonna stay with friends, you can carry your good juju, your good feng shui with you. And here's the thing, trips can be really awe-inspiring and truly invigorating, right? They rejuvenate us and they can allow us to really explore nature, new cities, new climates, new locales, in a way that helps us really find enchantment. And that changes our chi. And that's something that's nearly impossible for an adult to do. We often get caught up in the have-tos and the responsibilities of being an adult. And travel is one of the best ways to get out of the routine of daily life to stir up your chi in a new way, an exciting way. Think about what travel does to you. It excites you, it forces you to do new things, it forces you to meet new people, have new experiences, right? There are some parts of travel that I can't stand, especially when I'm not traveling with David, like he takes care of all the itinerary stuff and all the logistics and I just show up, which is the best way to travel. (laughs) It's truly the best way to travel. But the thing is, is that that getting out of your comfort zone is what makes you flexible. And so that's what kind of stirs up your chi and gets things moving, gets that stuck stagnant chi broken up and gets you moving in the right direction. So if you're listening to this, I hope that this inspires you to travel, let loose of those responsibilities and give back to yourself in big ways to recharge. And in doing so, I've got fantastic tips on how you can feng shui your travel to make the energy alignment right. All right, are you ready? Let's do this. Okay, so tip number one, you want to invoke your travels for protection. It's said in feng shui that nine pieces of orange peel help heat away negativity and it provides protection. 
So what you want to do is peel an orange and get nine pieces from that orange and you can place it in a red envelope and place that like in your purse or your suitcase or you can just take the uh, orange peels and place them in your pocket. The thing that is really cool about oranges is that citrus is highly auspicious in feng shui and they are also a great mood booster. So if you can't carry the orange peels, at least carry citrus oil with you like an essential oil. It's not nearly as effective or as auspicious as an actual orange is, but it's a good second runner up, we will call it. But citrus is auspicious because when we smell it, it stirs up our chi, it excites us, and it's a vibrant scent. And so it's a great way to protect yourself and also get rid of any negativity that's either in your own energy system or prevents other people's negative energy from influencing you. Number two, mark your departures with a ceremony. One of the best ways that you can do this is to take a six foot, roughly a six foot piece of red cloth. It has to be red and place it over the threshold of the door that you're gonna be leaving. So whether it's preferable that it's at the front door, but if you use your back door, place it over the threshold. And what you wanna do is you wanna visualize safe travels as you step over it. So let's say, for example, you're going to Hawaii. What you wanna do is as you're heading over the threshold of this door, you want to be envisioning that you're getting to the airport safely, you're getting on your plane uh, with ease and grace and you're meeting fantastic people and you land safely, you get to your hotel safely. Visualize all of this as you step over the threshold and this marks the beginning of your travels and utilize the cloth also when you depart. So what you wanna do is you wanna take that cloth with you. You can fold it up and put, put this in your suitcase because when you depart your destination to mark the ending of your trip to attract safe travels home, you wanna do the same routine. You want to visualize as you step over the threshold, basically the reverse of what we just went through. So visualizing that you're getting home safely with ease and grace. The point of this is that it's all about the ceremony and setting forth the right energetic intentions. We're getting into that transcendental and basically creating a ripple, so to speak, in the matrix to put it out into the universe that we are invoking and uh, intentionally setting forth that we are going to have a fantastic and safe, abundant trip. The most important thing is that the cloth is red and the most important thing is that you bring the cloth with you. And another fantastic thing that you can do is that when you return home, take that cloth out again and put it over your threshold when you get home and thank whatever it is, your deity, your God, uh, the universe, whoever, but do a ceremony over the fact that your travels were indeed safe and that you got home uh, with no problems and with ease and grace. You want to basically wrap up that ceremony, seal, you know, signed, sealed, delivered with a bow on it. That way you literally have a beginning, middle, and end. Okay, how to feng shui your travels. Number three, clear the energy. This is so important. 
When we travel, we often forget how transient places can be, especially hotels. Oh my gosh, you guys, seriously, think about Orlando. I can't tell you how many times David and I have gone to Orlando because Universal Studios, the studio that they used to shoot at, was down there. Every single time I went down there, I would get sick. And it's because they don't properly clean out the hotels. And it's also so humid and so damp. It's just a breeding ground for germs. So especially older hotels, they're really gross. So many people have traveled and stayed in that space. And they too have been sick and they've been wallowing all over the blankets and the pillows and the furniture. So if possible, clear the air with incense. We're not only talking about the mundane stuff here as far as getting out the germs, but we also want to clear out the transcendental ick that people bring into these spaces. Their energy may be excited. It may be dramatic. It may be chaotic. Whatever it is, they leave a little broadcasts, little deposits in these spaces So when you have a really transient space like Las Vegas or Orlando or maybe a place in New York, you've got hundreds of thousands of deposits, energy deposits within that space. If this is not possible for you to light incense, then spray orange essential oil or some type of citrus throughout the space. It will help break up the stagnant stuck energy and it will also clear the negative energy that's been left behind by all of those numerous people that have been there to promote good vibrant chi while you stay there. It's so important to eliminate all of those energy deposits within a space, whether it's a hotel, whether it's a Airbnb, or whether it's your friend's home, there are still energy deposits within that space. So as you do all of these things, you're basically stacking up the cards to get that really delicious good juju for travel. Okay. How to feng shui your travel, tip number four, create a travel altar. This is so important. Regardless of what your religious beliefs are, a travel altar is your touchstone to begin and also end your day and your trip in the place that you are going to. This is what stirs up good quality chi. It doesn't matter how you set it up, what it looks like. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be something that really sets up each day and allows you to begin, you know, uh, begin the trip, have something during the trip and end the trip. So you could set up, say, a scarf and a few personal objects that are meaningful and inspiring to you. Maybe something that lights you up. Maybe it's a personal piece of jewelry, some of your stones that you want to travel with. What I love to do is to start a small altar as my ceremony when I get to the space that I'm going to, to welcome myself to the city or maybe it's my friend's house. And what I'll do is I'll add objects to my altar as I find them from the city that I'm in or the place that I'm traveling to honor where I am. I want my energy deposit to be very positive and uplifted and I want to honor the place that I am. I want to show it gratitude and show it reverence. So before you head out for your day, you can meditate and visit your altar setting forth the prayer 
an intention that you're going to have a really fun adventure that day. And that at the end of the day, you can revisit your altar and thank it for all of the beautiful things that were set forth, all of the fun adventures and all of the excitement that you were able to experience. All right, how to feng shui your travel? Tip number five. This is so important. You have to rest while you are traveling. Sleep is so important to harbor your best and vital chi. You have to take care of your chi. So you need to rest well. You need to eat well. You know, a lot of times when people are on vacation, they don't eat well. They think, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm going to get the cheeseburger and fries and I'm going to drink a lot of alcohol and I'm going to have a good time. If this is not stuff that you normally do and you do it while you are on vacation, you are really beating up your chi. You're, you're tearing up your system. So what we want to do is we want to eat well, we want to sleep well, and we also want to stay hydrated. If you're dehydrated, chaotic, and frazzled, and you're not eating good food, you're not sleeping well, you're not going to be able to harbor your energy system, and you are not going to be able to give to the best of your ability. So if you're in this beautiful, magical place like Hawaii and you're eating crappy foods, you're not sleeping well, you're not drinking any water because you're drinking too much alcohol, you're tearing up your, your chi. And so that's going to create a bad vacation. And if you don't experience it while you're on vacation, when you get home, trust me, you're going to feel it. So make sure you take care of your chi. It's all about harboring the correct chi of not only the travel itself, but also the space that you stay in while you're there and also your personal chi. All three things must be accounted for. All right, how to feng shui your travel tip number six. Learn to slow down, enjoy yourself and follow the chi. So what exactly does that mean when I say to follow the chi wherever it may take you? Perhaps you've set out to go shopping or hang out on the beach, but an opportunity arises to go hiking or maybe hang out with the locals. The idea is to be open and flexible. And all of the other previous tips stack up to this one thing. If we're not invoking our travels for protection, if we're not marking our departure and travel with ceremony, if we're not clearing the energy, setting up an altar and getting proper rest and eating well and hydrating ourselves, what are we going to be like? We are going to be so damn cranky. We're going to be like little three-year-olds having tantrums and not enjoying ourselves. And let me tell you, when you're in those below the cross emotions and you're not really enjoying yourself to the fullest because you don't feel well and you're not taking care of the energy and you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to have a terrible trip. You're going to be cranky. You're not going to be awesome in any sense of the, or any stretch of the imagination. So the idea is to stay open and flexible because when we are open and flexible, our chi is open and flexible. We are in that yummy, delicious, above the cross emotions where we are open to anything and everything, any adventure that calls us. And if we have done all of the other things correctly, this, my friends, is where the magic lives. I'll give you an example. 
I remember years ago when I was in college, my boyfriend and I, we had gone to San Francisco for the day to go to Marine World and go to dinner. And while we were at uh, a gas station in Oakland, we started talking to the couple next to us in the, in the bay next to us. And they had said that they were on their way to Sausalito for an annual bike race and a parade. So we ditched our plans to go to Marine World and go out to dinner that night and canceled our reservations. And instead, we decided to head that way with this couple that we had been talking to. And it was the most amazing day. We not only were able to enjoy the festivities of the bike race and the parade, we were able to enjoy all of the amazing shops in Sausalito. And lo and behold, we ended up at a wedding we weren't even invited to. And I guess you can say we crashed the wedding. We ended up sitting at a table full of older women that were by and far the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. We wined and dined with a table of San Francisco's elite and ended up having the best times of our lives. It was an amazing experience, something that was completely not planned for, but we stayed flexible. And because we were flexible, we ended up having an amazing time. It's very difficult to have open, flexible chi when you're really sitting down in those below the cross emotions, when you're not feeling well, when you're cranky because you haven't been taking care of yourself and you haven't provided the necessary ceremony to really invoke your trip with really good energy, you're not going to have magic like this. And that brings me to being around other people. Because when we travel, guess what? We're going to be around other people. It's important that when you are traveling, especially if you are flying, remember that other people's energy can be chaotic, dramatic, and intense. We've all experienced it, right? So if you're standing in an airport full of canceled flights, delayed flights, or missed flights, you're absorbing all of that chaotic soup. If you are not well rested and invoking your travels with prayer and really staying in the correct state of energy or what I always call the above the cross energy, you are going to fall trap to the chaos too. So harboring your chi is so important. It's important and it's easy when you are well taken care of and you've taken care of and nurtured it. So an experience like me going to Sausalito on this whim and ending up in this wedding was by no accident. You know, I have lived this way of life for many, many years. I was already practicing feng shui. I was already meditating and I was already doing many of these things. These are the types of experiences that happen when you are really taking care of the juju, the energy that's around you. So what happens is, is that I've said this before, 75% of the population lives in below the cross emotions. So when you get into that chaotic soup, it's very easy to pick up what other people are broadcasting. It's very easy to pick up on their deposits of drama and chaos and getting pissed off. And, you know, you can see it. It happens like a wave in an airport when things start to get canceled and things start to go not so pleasantly. 
everybody starts to drink the Kool-Aid, right? So it's really important that when you are taking these measures and you're taking care of everything around you, what will happen is this won't happen. So it's important to really take care of yourself, eat well, invoke yourself with ceremony because it will protect you from all of these things. And then you'll have really magical experiences. You know, it's traveling can be really, really fun. And I encourage everyone to do it. Even if you are not getting in a plane, maybe you're just getting in your car and you're driving for a couple of hours to a campsite. It doesn't matter. So many good things come from getting out of your comfort zone and getting out of your daily routine. And I think the most important thing is, is that you really go into it with the eyes of a child, seeing the magic and the wonderment and the joy of it all and not doing it in a reckless way. Vacation is not about being reckless. I see so many people do this to where it's like, woo, I'm, you know, I'm free. I'm going to Vegas and I'm going to drink and party and I'm not going to sleep and I'm going to stay up all night because that's the cool thing to do. This is not a time to be reckless. Be a good host and care for your temple in every way possible. You cannot trash your body and then expect it to operate like a Ferrari. It's not going to happen. So do these suggestions I've recommended. And hey, let us know if it made a difference. Let us know how you feel. I've recommended this to a lot of clients who are traveling and they have had surreal experiences where things have completely changed and turned around for them. And I should also note that when you put forth the care to invoke your travels correctly, your energy and your vibe increases. So this is what I was talking about with my Sausalito trip. When you are really in that higher state, when you live in those above the cross emotions, you have a higher frequency. So that chaos and the drama tends to fall away. And then really cool, unexpected things happen in your life. It's the magic. Your flight suddenly gets upgraded. You meet an incredible stranger, like when we went to the wedding and crashed it. <laughs> I once even found an incredible book signed by the author just left in the airport. And I only found it because my flight had been delayed. So it's really about seeing the magic rather than the chaos. It's all, it's that whole adage of the difference between a journey and an ordeal is attitude. So when you are in that higher state or your higher frequency, really cool shit's going to happen. But if you're not caring for the energy, you're not going to see it. You're going to miss those opportunities. So miracles are all around us. And when we are in the right energy, when we're in the right energy soup and we care for it and we honor our temples, we can communicate with the divine much more effectively. All right, let's summarize. Number one, how to feng shui your travels. Tip number one, invoke your travels with protection. Carry orange peels with you or second runner up, orange essential oil. How to feng shui your travel tip number two, mark your departure with ceremony. Be sure to visualize safe travels, ease and grace, and just really sit in those above the cross emotions and invoke your entire travel, your entire trip 
and see safety and abundance the entire way until you get to your hotel, the room that you're staying in, Airbnb, whatever it is. How to feng shui your travel. Tip number three, clear the energy. Oh my goodness, this is so important. Many of the spaces we go to are extremely transient. Thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have been in that room or that space. So make sure you clear it out. Get that gunk out of there. How to feng shui your travel. Tip number four, create an altar. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look a certain way, feel a certain way. It has to be whatever you want it to be that makes you feel good. So set up all the things that have meaning to you, place them on a console table, a desk, somewhere in the room, your nightstand, whatever it looks like for you. Set that up to start and end your day and also start off your journey and end your journey before you go home. How to feng shui your travel tip number five, be sure to take care of your temple, rest, get plenty of sleep, eat good food, do not party too much and drink too much, really take care of your body and make sure you drink plenty of water. When you do not take care of yourself, you get in those below the cross emotions much easier because your energy system is depleted. And finally, how to feng shui your travel. Tip number six, be sure to slow down and follow the chi. Just be flexible. Allow yourself to be open to anything and all the amazing opportunities that occur while we travel. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this mini-sode. It actually ended up turning into a pretty much a full-blown podcast here. But Deborah said I had to come on here and share these amazing tips with you and to kick off your summer right so that you would know how to feng shui your travels. Thanks for listening to Home Energy Design. I am your host, Amanda Gates. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and also leave us a review. We love to hear from you. And if you have questions or comments, you can reach out to us at letschatatthegatescompany.com. You can find more information on our website at gatesinteriordesign.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel for more videos on floor plan readings, feng shui tips, interviews, and more. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.